about this stupid election. We all know it doesn't matter who gets elected president of Carver. Do you really think it's gonna change anything around here? Make one single person smarter, or happier, or nicer? The only person it does matter to is the one who gets elected. The same pathetic charade happens every year, and everyone makes the same pathetic promises just so they can put it on their transcripts to get into college. So vote for me, because I don't even want to go to college, and I don't care, and as president, I won't do anything. The only promise I will make is that, if elected, I will immediately dismantle the student government so that none of us will ever have to sit through one of these stupid assemblies again. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of The Greatest Moments in the History of Forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 86, Election. So, back to one of our own picks. Take a little breather here before we finish out those listener requests. Yeah, this is a good... um... Some of the listeners who requested some of the listener requests weren't thrilled with our... lost some <laughs> listeners after the uh, listener request and uh i think we're losing more after your twitter interactions with some of the listeners what did i do <laughs> i didn't do anything yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway yeah we'll we're back to one of ours this is kind of a fun pick a directed by alexander payne a director we both like and a criterion collection yeah, so also Barack Obama's favorite political movie. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> a fun fact for everyone. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of one of those uh, interesting movies that came out in that like late 90s, early 2000s period that kind of, in my opinion, introduced us to like a new class of uh, interesting filmmakers such as Payne and Aronofsky and Christopher Nolan and people like that yeah we could really use like a new wave of that (laughs) it's getting harder and harder because as soon as somebody makes one interesting film they usually get scooped up to be an avengers or avengers or something so it's it's kind of you know it's a different time but yeah this this film kind of always struck me as slightly subversive because 
it's an MTV film that appears to you know be marketed as a teen movie. It is fun when but you it's get to really see uh, that astronaut in the beginning <laughs> <laughs> for the little production role there. This is, well, this is at least the second MTV film that we've done. Yeah, we, we're big fans. We did do Varsity Blues. True. Just uh, nonstop hits, really. Well, this was actually a big box office flop. Yeah, that's too bad. Because <laughs> somehow it had a $25 million budget, which I don't Seems know where shocking. that money went. What was Alexander Payne's career before this movie? Just uh, Citizen Ruth, I okay. think. I believe. Everyone knows that movie, certainly. <laughs> Lord Dern fans, at least. Right. Yeah, I mean... I think this movie was probably marketed as a as a teen movie. It was probably had ran a lot of commercials on MTV, obviously, but it's really not a traditional teen movie in the slightest. No, it just happens to feature some younger characters, but it's more uh, it's a lot more adult and kind of darker than what you would typically consider to be like even a in the teen uh, romance or beginning something like that. the way it starts off with the sort of wholesome midwestern feel i mean you can kind of get that it's going to be a comedy and certainly dark but the one thing about a lot of the alexander payne movies is they're always oddly darker than you expect based on like the setting because you think about like descendants too it's like set in hawaii and you don't really expect them to show uh george clooney's wife in the hospital and it's like a kind of dark sight and it feels out of place i feel like in election when the you know obviously we'll get to it but when the teacher friend starts describing a certain tracy flick in graphic detail you're just not ready you I, i feel like you're just not ready that it's gonna go there yeah i mean it's kind of a jarring um line line it it you know, it cuts from Matthew Broderick playing uh, Mr. McAllister, his kind of more overarching, safer kind of description of people, places, events, and then it kind of cut, smash cut to that other teacher who has an affair with, or had an affair with Tracy Flick talking about her wet pussy. A I high mean, school student, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to spend plenty of time talking about the logistics of that and right. how that whole dynamic is a lot more problematic i guess you would say in 2018 um should have probably been considered more problematic then but (laughs) and and not that it not that you know it was okay for teachers to have affairs with students or or especially you know an underage one but I, i i think even the way it's presented in this film is kind of uh questionable oddly enough the character doesn't go to jail maybe we're some, yeah we don't know is it maybe tracy flick is 18 no she's supposed to be a sophomore when that happens oh okay because she's only wow. a junior now yeah in the events so of the there's film. no way so no, he definitely I mean, should we're have talking been like we're talking at the oldest 16 which Obviously, is what makes even it... if 18 it's a conflict of interest and he should be fired <laughs> conflict of interest <laughs> but uh, uh yeah it's just like Okay, he just loses his job. I mean, pretty lucky, really. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the unspoken thing is that there was some sort of a, a deal 
kind of worked out to kind of protect Tracy's privacy. Like they decided not to make this whole thing like a public right. thing. So it's kind of unclear, you know, who knew what and what all the details were, but enough was done where the teacher lost his job. But, you know, we'll get to that. Right. So yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a nineteen ninety nine film based off of a novel. You've read this novel, I'm taking it, correct? Yeah, written by Tom Parada. Um he's written some other oh, yeah. novels I know that, that name. were made into films. Um Little Children. Oh, I have seen that actually. Uh he wrote a, a novel called Joe College, which I don't believe was made into a film, but that was pretty good too. Yeah, but Election is kind of a one of those books where it kind of, you know, it's in the first person, but it's told like each little part or chapter is told from a different perspective. So a lot of the different characters have voices, you know, tell their oh, story yeah. or whatever. It's like uh, Game of Thrones. A little bit, but that's never first person though. Right. Oh, but that's yeah. true. Yeah. The yeah, changing is. perspectives. Mm-hmm. It centers around Jim McAllister, who's kind of a beloved, long entrenched high school teacher. I think he teaches like social studies, civics, uh, history, like that kind of stuff, politics. Like, yeah. More uh, well liked, kind of going through the motions a little bit. Yeah, I mean it, it kind of Could touches on like the monotony. A shake up in life, probably. Yeah. And I mean I, I, I do think like the question of who Jim McAllister is is kind of at the center of the film and is never fully developed and fully addressed simply because this There's particular time. yeah this particular story you know originally created by Parada and then adapted by Payne and um one of his frequent co-conspirators Jim Taylor they they wanted to tell the story that included you know the Paul Metzler character and the Tammy character and lisa and a lot with tracy and you know, you know so there isn't time to fully develop kind of the sadness in jim McAllister's life At, yeah on Although the surface we there. get yeah on the surface we get the impression that he's this kind of uh happy carefree guy at the start of it he seems to have life things are going okay figured out for the most part i mean him and his wife are trying to have a child and there seems to be some difficulty there but yeah uh, their uh, love making life is just disturbing really (laughs) well yeah i think that definitely you know plays into some of his issues but yeah i mean that problem in and of itself is not that unusual i mean that's something that some people struggle with it's not unheard of so i mean his life is pretty normal day to day and basically you know through his own undoing like a greek tragedy or something you know everything kind of unravels very quickly (laughs) in just you know basically 24 hours everything goes to shit and this is kind of the story of the build-up to that But like I said, you know, we kind of get this perspective of a couple of different characters, a couple of the players involved. And so we don't get like the full backstory of what would lead a Jim McAllister to make these kind of decisions. Crazy decisions, really. Mm -hmm. Now, really kind of for me, a forgotten performance by Reese Witherspoon, but just top notch, really. I mean, I think she's hilarious as just this awful, hateable character. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody probably knew this girl or maybe a slightly toned down version right. of this girl in high school and possibly also in college. Just 
pure unbearable evil. <laughs> well, it's not even that they're pure evil. It's just they may be, they may not be, but just on the surface, they're just so annoying and grating right. and hard to deal with. Can't raise their hand high enough <laughs> when there's a question in class. Yeah, just whether you want to think of it as like a suck up, as an overachiever, as someone who's always grubbing for extra credit or whatever, it's just so annoying. Right. And it's just like, you know, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But really, just a shocking revelation in the movie. I mean, upon first watch, I I never thought that after the first couple scenes with Tracy Flick, that Mr. McAllister was going to reveal that she was sleeping with a teacher. Yeah, well, I mean, that is pretty quick in right. the movie. But yeah, yeah I mean, um, yeah, and I think that's what one of the, mo- the more interesting ideas presented in the film is like, this is the type of character that in a film you're not expecting to do something like this. But maybe the odd truth of the situation is that someone like her would be more susceptible to falling prey because she is obviously the victim in a situation like that because the other person is an adult and has this kind of power and control over her. I mean, there's no denying that. Well, they goof on it even in the movie. In the narr- in her own narration, when she says how she didn't have a father... And it's kind of like, I know what you're thinking. Right. A strong, secure, but that's not it. And then she, she goes to say that he ma- he makes her feel safe yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff where she immediately contradicts herself. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, where this film becomes problematic is they do ultimately, by the end of the film, position it where she is not a victim and instead is to blame for two male adult teachers being fired behaving wildly inappropriately yeah for things that they did the the way that the film kind of presents it it would be easy for i guess less intelligent viewers of the film just to reach the conclusion that she's to blame completely weak completely pathetic male characters here yeah i mean we'll get to what the events are but you do wonder if some of mr McAllister's decision making is you know steeped in revenge you know what i mean like right. he acts in a way to you know get retribution she for took his away friend. his only friend <laughs> yeah how sad is that part in the flashback where him and the other teacher are like jamming in the basement it's just boy how familiar did that feel (laughs) to some of our failed music projects i definitely know i went to high school with people that went on to become those kind of teachers who then played in a band oh no i i I like know these kind of dudes i will say the teachers that play in bands are (laughs) definitely the ones you need to watch there's something weird going on there usually keep an eye out that's all i'm saying i mean i do think it's it's unfortunate but i i would say that a lot of people if they think back to their high school experience there probably was situations where teachers were inappropriate with students and may have even went into a sexual relationship i mean there were things like that that happened at my high school that 
you know, became controversies. I know one teacher got fired. I know there was stuff where girls that I graduated with would end up dating these teachers after high school. uh, So you know that that was something questionable was going on there. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly heard some things uh, in my life that didn't even always become public. But it is just like, what is going on (laughs) with like... I don't. I just don't understand. These people become adults and then they get themselves wrapped up with these high school kids. It just seems so weird. What is wrong with these people? I don't know. So basically, uh, Tracy is kind of presented as this overachieving uh, student with a kind of secret, you know, sexually explorative side um, that uh, yeah. I mean, uh, had this affair with this teacher named Dave and the affair is discovered and Dave is fired and his wife divorces him and he has but to like really move. just a hard scene to watch when <laughs> he's just uh, weeping in front of the principal and this is being brought I mean it's 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 kind of like that moment where everything comes crashing down like oh man I'm being caught but no even attempt to deny instead confessing that they're in love and yeah. just weeping. well yeah i mean i don't know how i can't sometimes it's hard for me to differentiate between like the book and the movie but i know like i think it's the book where it gets in it, it really goes into detail to to how pathetic uh the teacher gets with like calling her at her house and it just you know yeah her that, mom knowing and it becoming like tough to even really think about that thing. yeah yeah especially when you're considering her age is like you know 16 17 something like that but really even if she was age appropriate i don't really i i, <laughs> I can't get behind this behavior well yeah and he's a married man and then ultimately ends up fired and divorced and moving back in with his parents which is like not even in the town that they're in now right. he like basically yeah. has to move states and his life is pretty much ruined, and as I said... I don't know, though. Back living at home, no bills, just working at a grocery store, pretty <laughs> low stress, buying Blu-rays. Doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> Doesn't sound too different. Uh, I guess what we're supposed to take is when Tracy tells Mr. McAllister that she's going to be running for student body president, she kind of insinuates something by, by telling him that they're going to be spending a lot of time together and she kind of says it in a way where i guess from mr McAllister's perspective you're unsure of what her motivations oh, right. are because, in saying this. well he's known about the affair all along yeah and she knows that he knows right but not that many people know so she's in a weird way has leverage but like she's putting it in his face like i did something I got this other teacher fired by doing this thing. I have this kind of control over these situations. It's it's kind of a power move. Yeah, but you're not but in a way where you're not you can't say definitively she's not like, "Hey, right. I'll let you fuck me if you want." She's yeah. just kind of saying something that could never Feels really be suggestive, reported. But yeah. yeah. And so he, of course, is repulsed by this. At the same time, though, she starts creeping into his sexual fantasies when he's fucking his wife. But, right. But it, more in a hate fuck way. <laughs> yeah. That is an, kind of an odd scene, the way that plays out. <laughs> but, like, if Mr. McAllister would have just let her run with no opposition... We wouldn't win, have had a movie. <laughs> everything would have been fine. 
But he decides almost immediately to get involved by... Yeah, he has to have a vendetta against this high school girl by uh, trying to crush her dreams and have someone beat her in the election. Yeah, I mean, it's unclear if his motivation is just because he finds her annoying or if it's a combination of that plus revenge for his friend Dave or or what. I think it can all be taken into consideration as part of it. He kind of has a perfect candidate in mind uh, with Paul Metzler, who is a popular, uh, super nice and polite football player who just so happens to have had his football his high school football career derailed by right. a severely broken leg. Yeah, after what we see is just a horrific <laughs> skiing accident kind of bringing back some memories from your ski trip days. Yeah, I mean he looked like me <laughs> in ski club going down the side of a mountain just you were like, I've never done this before. And your friends were like, just do this double black diamond with us. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be fine. fine. <laughs> Cut to m- people literally diving out of the way as Crashing I Crashing through the 100 orange, miles an hour down the, <laughs> the side orange of fencing. But Paul, you know, doesn't have anything going on because, you know, football is over for him. And so he's just kind of depressed. And so Jim McAllister takes him aside and, and gets him and convinces him that pursuing this student body presidency is a good idea. By the way, Paul Metzler running for student body, uh, paving the way for the best, I guess, vote for me type sign, I guess, best campaign slogan in the history of forever with Paul Metzler, you Betzler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want that shirt. Yeah. And so this prompts Tracy to grill. Whenever Paul declares his candidacy, Tracy grills Paul and is like, who put you up to this? (laughs) And so she, you know, Paul is kind of unaware of what's going on, and and it does let it slip that Mr. McAllister was instrumental in this. And so now she knows who is, you know, who she's at war with. Paul uh, just has this great disposition where he's kind of unassuming. He's an idiot. Right. Uh, But but a very optimistic idiot. Yeah. Yeah. He almost seems like. Look on the bright side type attitude. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a type of high schooler that really is fictional and would never exist. But, but. I also, well, he doesn't seem like a person that would exist. <laughs> but I do like how he is so uh, kind of... Now, who's this? This is uh, Chris Klein is his name? Right. I never really liked him. No, he's anything. not great. But I do like this whole like sunny disposition thing. And then he will just kind of like randomly be crass. With like right, well, his, and his phrasing of things is is sometimes hilarious. It's just very unconventional. So when Lisa started blowing me, <laughs> but the part where he's like, "Yeah, we would go after school for a quick fuck in a hot tub." Yeah, where he's like, "Like have a hot tub yeah, or whatever." It's like have a, have a hot tub and a fuck or something. <laughs> it's just the way he says things is very bizarre. But yeah, okay. So after we're introduced to Paul, we're introduced to his younger adopted sister Tammy who is kind of a young high school lesbian basically trying to convince her best friend Lisa that she that Lisa is also gay yeah come on Lisa and you know like kissing her and all this stuff but Lisa's not really into it down for a little experimenting but this yeah it's getting carried away yeah and so Lisa dumps Tammy leaving her distraught and then quickly 
emerges as Paul's new girlfriend. Kind of a cruel move, really, by Lisa. Yeah, it it seems especially vindictive, but it's also kind of funny and just that unnecessary, really. That Paul is like one of those dudes where it's just like he doesn't really seem to have much say. Even in the fact that Lisa's now his girlfriend. It's just like when oh, yeah. things happen to him, they just happen. Right. He doesn't really have any thought about yeah. it. Um, well, I mean, I can relate. So she becomes Paul's new girlfriend and then subsequently his campaign manager, which antagonizes Tammy into deciding to run for president as well. And so now all of a sudden we have three candidates. Tammy, just an A-plus candidate for me. Yeah, I mean, during... Uh, a big assembly where all the candidates are going to get a chance to address the student body. You know, Tracy does her overly prepared, annoying thing, which kind of receives like a lukewarm response. I mean, there's some crude kids yelling at her, but Paul rushes through his speech like a nervous mess. (laughs) But, you know, people generally like him because he's a football hero who won a big game, I guess, the previous season. And so... You know, people are nice. But then Tammy... Generally popular dude. Just gives a big fuck you speech. Right. Talking about how government is stupid and she's not going to do anything as president except disband student body government and <laughs> no mo- have no more of these assemblies, which of course just gets her a standing ovation. Thunderous applause. Yeah, I mean, I was like... I said if, if this was a candidate for something at my school, she would overwhelmingly win. Right. It wouldn't even be close. And she technically still does win the election, yes. I guess, if you pay attention to what they're saying. <laughs> because I think, f- I forget how many, it was like 490 like people abstained from voting for president. <laughs> and, and then like the other two candidates each got in like the 300 range. <laughs> so, Which I do love the idea of taking the time to go fill out a ballot saying you abstain <laughs> instead of... Yeah, well, I guess either just filling out neither or check, because all they do is... They eventually she gets exposed, so they cross her name off the list, and uh, I guess people may have still checked that black line or whatever. But so she ends up being suspended for the speech, and Paul, of course, is kind of just like he doesn't understand what's going on. He was a he's oblivious. You're my sister. Why are you doing this? Yeah, he's oblivious to the fact that I mean, you are adopted, but she's in love with. Lisa and that Lisa broke her heart he doesn't really understand what's going on so he's kind of caught off guard Tracy is just horrified by this turn of events because she originally was running unopposed Mr. McAllister got involved and now all of a sudden there's two candidates running against her including one who clearly doesn't want to have anything to do with being president and wants to disband everything that Tracy believes in so much and is kind of like the antithesis of her and so this kind of frustration boils over um, when Tracy's working at the school over the weekend on a yearbook project and notices that one of her posters has come untaped from the wall. And then when she tries to fix it, she right. accidentally rips the poster apart and then just loses her shit and rips down a ton of Paul's campaign posters. She's starting to come apart at the seams, Tracy Flick. Not really keeping her composure over this whole thing. Right. And so because Tammy is a weirdo and just sits out in a field, she happens to witness Tracy when she is hiding the evidence of the ripped down posters by throwing them in a dumpster. So this leads to some questioning from the uh, 
principal and then eventually Mr. McAllister uh, over this controversy over who ripped down these posters. There's a whole uh, investigation. Lisa, who's kind of speaking for Paul, is accusing Tammy of doing it. Paul, of course, doesn't would re- refuses to believe that Tammy would do something like this, which is technically correct. She did not do this. Not uh, thinking that it's outside of her. I don't know. She certainly could have done it. But Mr. McAllister kind of has his own thoughts on the matter, and he, he kind of thinks that it's Tracy, and he questions her. But Tracy, you know, maintains her own innocence and threatens legal action and just acts like an asshole, basically. And unfortunately for everyone, Tammy can falsely confesses to doing it, and right. she has the evidence because she went into the dumpster and got the posters that, sh- that were ripped down. Yep. So, Although McAllister not buying it, even no. though he lets it go, you know, this is the narrative we're accepting, but he does say to Tracy, basically, you're off the hook. You got This is your lucky day. Right. And so this gets Tammy expelled, and she gets to go to a private school for girls, which... She's a dream. Thr- yeah, she's yeah. thrilled about. <laughs> Everything worked out for Tammy. Yeah, it definitely seems like those Catholic schools were a lot more fun for... Lesbians. <laughs> I was I was thinking... I was going to try to come up with some clever way of phrasing that, like, uh, you know, wild child students, that kind of... <laughs> you just, you just cut right to the chase. Lesbians. <laughs> Uh, you know, she gets to like smoke in the bathroom and yeah. she finds a new girl. And it does seem fun. Everything kind of works out for Tammy. I mean, we do cut back to her at the end to get that update, but we can kind of let her leave the narrative yeah. now because she's served her function in the now, actual election. Is it during the interrogation of Tracy Flick that she does. I, one of my favorite parts in the movie, but I, I can't really remember what happens, is when they kind of bring up the friend and it's between McAllister and her. And she was like, everything would have been just fine if he wasn't such a baby and like <laughs> yeah. could keep his mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I think that is the scene, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of touching on the the back the the further backstory that you get in the novel of him like calling her house and really just embarrassing himself. <laughs> like even after it's found out and every you know he's still trying to <laughs> get it going or right. whatever. Um, now while all this has been going on. McAllister has been thinking about his friend's ex-wife, who's I guess like their neighbor too. It seems no, like No, I don't think I don't think oh, they're okay. neighbors. Because okay. remember he sleeps outside of her house. Right. And I don't think it's It's not like across the street or anything. No. He comes over, he does like chores for her and stuff. Yeah, it I mean, McAllister and his wife were friends with Dave and his wife. Right. And then Dave Linda. fucks the whole dynamic up by fucking a student and you know really like you know throws everything out of whack yeah basically uh jim and his wife were godparents to dave and linda's oh yeah kid and everything so i mean like there was this close couple's relationship that kind of gets all screwed up because of dave and then now dave's out of the picture jim's wife doesn't really have a problem with him spending time with linda helping her out you know kind of being there for her as a friend because it's it's kind of all part of the thing but jim kind of starts to lust after linda yeah in kind of an embarrassing way really classic mistake honestly if I, i not that this is really how things necessarily play out but i mean i kind of find jim's wife more attractive than linda yeah linda's 
got a unique look to her, I would say. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just that thing. Strange. Right. <laughs> Get some strange stank on his hang low. Uh, yeah. But this is all sort of leading towards, which oh, really before it all takes off, though, there's a, there's a scene where he's taking her shopping. Yeah. Which just bizarre really right i she mean he doesn't know you, how to drive i don't know why would he be taking her shopping i don't know i mean wouldn't his wife be like okay a lot of this stuff is good but you're gonna take her shopping yeah i, I, I i'm just not buying it it's it, it is a weird dynamic but, but yeah he they drive past the hotel and he makes and he a goes, joke well we could get a room and she's like that's not funny <laughs> <laughs> just like cold death at right. that point but I mean, if if you were him though and you said that and that happened wouldn't you go into panic mode just from that i'd be like oh no mm. she's gonna say something i don't know about panic mode it was a joke yeah, yeah i mean i would probably say i was just joking or whatever but she, i was just joking was you're like, not gonna say not anything funny. right <laughs> it was a joke you do understand it was a joke <laughs> you have some sense of humor just really just beating her down. But I guess maybe he sparked a flame, though. He got, he got something going. because He got her thinking. Sometimes that's all it takes. On the day before the election, Jim goes to her house before school to help her, you know, fix a drain or something. Where, if we're honest, you know, she hugs him and then kisses him. And they kind of are passionately kissing. And then they kind of agree to rent a motel room. For an after-school rendezvous. Well, she tells him. Yeah. Take me to that hotel. Mm-hmm. So now, little change of heart here. She's all in. Yeah, I mean, obviously Jim is making a huge mistake here, and he's in the wrong. He's but playing she's, with fire. She's clearly not innocent in all of this, but, you no. know, try explaining that after the fact. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> after things really uh, collapse. So after school that day, I mean, during the day, he's just, all excited about this and i mean really the things that happened leading up to it are kind of gross and i wouldn't even really want to talk about <laughs> the whole going to the room with that shower whatever's <laughs> happening in there He's freshening it up yeah uh <laughs> i don't like it but you know he does have this excitement and i mean it kind of reminds you of like i don't know being excited to be around a girl which god i mean how long ago i mean well there's like there's kind of that like panicked excitement that is reminiscent of like a high school sexual rendezvous especially if like you know because of you of your age and of your living situation like with your parents or whatever like you may not have like unlimited opportunity to just you know have sex whenever you want with whoever you, you know so it's right. like when you get into those situations there's like a lot of like excited preparation or borderline panicky activity leading up to it and it's you know giddiness and and he's kind of acting like that in a way that kind of fits with the overall high school theme of yes. the film and just the sinking despair when she doesn't show up right so at Which, some point during the day she has a change of heart and when he goes to the motel room she's not there he waits quite a while for well then he drives over really to her house hoping against hope and, you know, he's trying to see if she's home. 
He goes to the, he ends up going to the backyard and he gets stung by a bee over his right <laughs> eyelid, which causes this factors in heavily for the rest of the movie. <laughs> it just looks horrendous. Yeah. And it's just like emblematic of how shit everything is turning into all of a sudden. Eventually he heads home <laughs> and it is just a brutal scene. Right. Back at the McAllister household. Uh Linda and son there yes. with his wife. And it is not a great <laughs> series of looks. Well, he like comes in through Jim the McAllister is getting. He goes into the kitchen. He goes to the refrigerator. He takes a out a beer. He opens it. And then all of a sudden you kind of hear a baby stirring in the other You're room. Like, and he's like, what? oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a walk of dread to the living room to see Linda and his wife talking together. And he just kind of turns right around and leaves. <laughs> he's like, okay. And then leaves. <laughs> And then he just sleeps in the car outside of Linda's. He doesn't even go back to the motel room to sleep in a bed. He sleeps in his car outside of her house. Which I do feel like I can kind of understand everything he's done to this point. But why on earth would you not accept that it's over and be thinking that he needs to make one more play for Linda? I mean, I guess he's thinking he doesn't have any other. I guess he's... Maybe he knows his this wife well enough to know that it's over. Some at that level point. So of he's denial. Only got this to go for. <laughs> yeah, because you know, even eventually when he goes, he gets to the school and he's, you know, he hasn't barely slept and he's wearing the same clothes and blah blah blah. You know, he's still calling Linda's house from yeah. the school. He's really. now more pathetic than his friend. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's he ends up acting pretty much exactly the same. Right. Um, we're in love. <laughs> now his eyelid is like almost completely shut and he looks horrendous. And now it's election day. You know, he's kind of on autopilot. His mind <laughs> is elsewhere because of Mr. McAllister turmoil. What happened to your eye? <laughs> Tracy flick. So, you know, we kind of get a montage of the students voting and we see, you know, Tracy voting for herself. And of course, you know, Paul, Paul just votes the for Tracy, dumb idiot, yeah. which is something that I know, like in Parks and Rec, they kind of had um, Paul Rudd not vote for himself. But that was because he was an idiot and he didn't think you were allowed to vote for yourself. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've seen this kind of thing happen in elections. Tracy Flick is kind of like an evil Leslie Nope. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some similarity there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in a way the election on Marks and Rec is like kind of oh yeah similar dynamics although you know Paul Rudd is kind of positioned a little bit differently but yeah he's kind of this dopey guy who doesn't really know what he's doing and Leslie Nope is kind of this cutthroat politician you know ambitious woman kind of thing blonde <laughs> <laughs> so after all the ballots are tabulated they they kind of have a couple of independent counts one by you know one of the student government people and and i will say that some of the lesser student characters are played by actors that look like kids that you would have went to school oh they don't look like actors they just look like kids those kids that are part of the whatever this group is the yeah the the tabulating group oh boy i mean can you imagine being in high school and being one of those dudes and taking it that seriously Mm -hmm. no i didn't do i didn't participate in any kind of extracurricular that's what i like about you yeah Um, other than ski club in which 
was a disaster, was a disaster for everyone involved. <laughs> including, <laughs> including innocent the, people on the slopes. And including just the Seven Springs Mountain Resort in general. <laughs> um, so the first vote has Tracy winning by a single vote. Uh, Which I do love this kid. Oh, I did my vote, Mr. McAllister. You have to do yours now. And Mr. McAllister's just like, who cares? It, it, it is what it is. You did the vote, right? Yeah. But he I insists. Mean, he's he yeah, like I said, I mean, his mind is elsewhere at this point. And it's during his count, knowing that Tracy, Tracy has won. won, even though he he wasn't supposed the student wasn't supposed to tell him, but he kind of like shames him into it, where he's just like, Who the fuck cares? What did you get? And he's like, uh, Tracy by a vote. So he knows this. Um one of the kids sees Tracy in the hall. And she's giving him, him like a quizzical look, and he appears younger than her, so he's maybe a little intimidated. Yeah, and so he gives her the thumbs up, like, "Yeah, we, you won." So she starts celebrating out in the hall, which Mister McAllister sees and just kind of sends him over the edge yep. at that point. And so <laughs> he can't take it anymore. No more flick. During his count, he takes two of her votes, quietly crumples them in his hand, and drops them into the trash can. Thus, making Paul the winner by a vote. Um, the st- <laughs> I do like that the student that counted it is adamant that his vo- his count was correct oh, and yeah. is just pissed about this. But they take it to the principal, who then counts it himself. And then he his ca- speaking of Parks and Rec, this guy's in oh, Parks yeah. and Rec. Uh, he counts them. He comes to the same conclusion Mr. McAllister did. Paul by a vote. They call the kid an idiot who. Uh, got Tracy by a vote, although that kid still swearing by his vote. The votes were there. But, you know, understandably, I guess, the principal sides with the teacher, and so they kind of go, they move forward with declaring Paul the winner. And it's all because of a janitor who discovers the two discarded ballots in the trash and then presents them to the principal that Jim (laughs) is subsequently found out. Yep. And this janitor is somebody we briefly see at the beginning right. of the film. Right, he's actually got a vendetta for Jim. Because <laughs> Jim throws away some Chinese food that hits the rim of the trash can and goes on the floor, and then he doesn't pick it up <laughs> and leaves it for the janitor, I guess. And so the janitor's pissed. Basically, this controversy forces uh, Mr. McAllister to resign, which at first I was like, would that happen? And then I was like, I guess it would because... It's pretty bizarre. It's hard to explain. It's so petty and vindictive to do that to a student, to then be found out because Tracy finds out, Paul finds out. It's announced that Paul's the winner. Well, for some reason, Tracy's like in the office when this is being revealed, right? Her mom is there. Yeah. Played by Colleen Camp. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the incomparable. And the student who did the initial count is there for some reason. They've, they've <laughs> called him into the office right. to be a part of this. I guess maybe he got wind of it. The janitor tipped him off. He's like, hey, <laughs> a coup d'etat is happening in the principal's right. office. We're taking McAllister down. Um, and so Jim hands in his re- resignation. I- I'm guessing, you know, there's no real recovery. The students at that point would all be aware that this had happened. I mean, how could you have the trust of your students? How could <laughs> yeah. you? I mean, you would just be considered this insane person. Right. 
I mean, at least I guess he's given the option to resign. Although I would be like outright. applauding if I was a student at that school. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, Tracy's like the worst. Can't we sign a petition? Can't we bring Tammy back to the school and right. make her a president? Yes. What if we all sign a petition that we just agree that Tracy's a bitch and that that means that it was okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those uh, petitions. Classic petitions. Um, Change.org. Ultimately, Jim's wife kicks him out of the house when he tries to apologize. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't kind go of well. brutal that this, this leads to divorce um, or leads to divorce when you know that like it's just one of those things, you know, with human beings, I guess. There's different thresholds for divorce for different people. Right. Like, some people, it could be a full-blown affair, and they end up staying together. They never even con- got to consummate the act. Yeah. He's getting the boot. That's true. I mean, you know, obviously trust is broken. And so Jim leaves Nebraska altogether, uh, moving to New York City, where he becomes a tour guide at the American Museum of Natural History. And he begins dating a new woman. What are your thoughts on this ending for Mr. McAllister? I think it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's embarrassing that he lives in this tiny overpriced apartment that's like in the basement of a building. But Yeah. And things aren't ideal. No. But it's not like he's, you know, his life is ruined. I mean, he's he's found a new love and he's at least getting to I will teach say in the in a vague sense. His at life this certainly seems less respectable than it was prior to the events right but it's almost as if this movie is really a commentary on how a lot of men get married when they don't really want to be yeah and they they a lot of people i won't even limit it to men it's people a lot of people end up married a lot of people end up in these suburban lives and there's a lot of discontent underneath the surface and this is more a story about a chain of events that brought that discontent out. Oh, yeah. Where a lot of times it may not come out and people kind of just go through the motions for the rest of their life or end up getting divorced even later in life. I'm not sure how old right. Jim McAllister is supposed to be. In Although, this. even after these events, still carrying that grudge against Tracy Flick a little mm-hmm. bit as he sees her one more time in life. Well, she gets to go to Georgetown. She becomes like uh, a politician or something. She's in that world. She's kind of moving up the ladder. And so Jim throws a <laughs> a drink at her limousine that she got into <laughs> before scampering Causing away. Causing the limo driver to slam on the brakes and get out of the car. <laughs> and so he runs. Kind of, uh, in a way, that act really solidifies mr McAllister as a loser in the film whereas if he would have maybe avoided doing that his ending would seem yeah. less bad but that just makes it seem like he can't get over the stupid thing that happened because even if he's never able to explain it to tracy or his boss at the school the principal or even his ex-wife or paul or any of the other people involved in his heart he could know that what he did to tracy was a mistake and was brought out by a lot of shitty things that were going on that day, you know, involving his personal life. And maybe he could convince himself that he made a mistake and it, you know, he under normal circumstances, maybe he wouldn't do that to a child in school, but ultimately she's but still no, he's still annoying. fucking acting like this years yeah. down the road. <laughs> 
what does this movie think you or make you think about elections in general? Uh, possibilities of rigged elections. <laughs> <laughs> there was a strong uh, Russian influence <laughs> in this uh, Nebraska high school. I will say election. The, this last election, whenever I was like the election night, and I was walking through just down the road, and I saw people like lining. It's like. I don't know what to, I mean. It's in the evening and people are going in to vote. And I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't know if I'm buying this whole election thing. It's kind of <laughs> like Santa Claus. Like everybody votes and all these votes get in that night. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously under kind of a different microscope now, I think this movie would be viewed as highly inappropriate um yeah I because so. of the sexual relationship between the teacher and the student because it's not done it, it's not that you couldn't have something like that happen in a movie but it would have to be presented totally differently i i, I feel like if you're mature enough and intelligent enough you can view this film and understand that the the events taking place are happening to a fictional person that does not exist tracy flick and she does not have to represent anybody else other oh, than this fictional yeah. character however oh we don't live in that world you're presented when you present something like this happening people inevitably will take it as a statement on these kind of things and 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 present the idea that a underage girl who's a student could be manipulative enough to not only be unaffected by an affair with an older man who, by the way, the actor playing Dave is 25 years older than Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really no wiggle room for how creepy it is. Not but, great. Like, but, you know, she's in control. Not only is she not affected by it, she's in control of the situation and ultimately kind of presented as the heel. <laughs> you know, she's, <laughs> yeah. she's the villain here because she got this guy fired and he's just a sad sack. I mean, yeah, you don't think of him as like a winner or a cool guy, but no. he's, but she he, was, he's kind of just like a loser and you almost have to feel sorry for right. him. Right. I mean, she's the whole, like this horrible bitch interested in my novel. <laughs> oh man. Although it is funny for her narration at the end of the film, she says, wonders if it could work now with him and wonders if you ever finished that novel. And that's when we get that cut to him. Like, mindlessly pricing when we get that cut to him like mindlessly pricing canned goods or whatever (laughs) but like she's almost in denial or not not that she's in denial but she's all she's they're still kind of softening the edge of the tracy flick character by kind of showing you that maybe she's a little bit more naive than than she acts like she she doesn't understand that 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 guy was just a loser taking advantage of her right like she still thinks that like he would write a novel. That, and that makes he me was... kind of happy, actually. Like she doesn't understand that he was just a loser. Creep. He just stinks. Yeah. That the st- the shit that he was saying to her is the shit that like pedophiles say. Right. You know, it's like to groom somebody. It's like, and the whole thing where he's uh, taking the yearbook group out to dinner and kind of waiting for everyone else to disappear for the night. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what his... Not a great move. Yeah, we don't know what his thinking is. I mean, you can kind of... It's kind of the same when I was talking about the backstory of Mr. McAllister that led him to this point in his life. It's kind of the same thing with Dave, where you're like, 
you know, you could think, you know, maybe he was planning all along to try to have sex with Tracy Flick, or maybe it's some an opportunity presented itself and he and he made the poor choice to go for it. I don't know. In this kind of film, you know, presented in this way with all of these characters and all of these stories kind of intersecting, we don't get full backstories on anyone. And I think the film ultimately is still pretty interesting because I, I like getting Tammy's story. I like yeah, getting Tammy's the whole fun. thing with her and Lisa. I, think I like finding out about Paul and regret, all this stuff. Uh, with Tammy is not enough time, really. Yeah. I felt like the injection of Tammy into the story kind of is a fun diversion and kind of it it it, it could be its own thing. Like her yeah. story is like its own movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. By the way, dynamite uh, observation by you, Lisa becoming more attractive as the movie goes along. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure. If, What's up with that? I'm not sure if there was something that they were doing. If it was like the clothes and the makeup was different, kind of tra- you know, as she was like transforming from Tammy's friend to Paul's girlfriend. I don't know if it, if there was anything intentional or if it's just a, kind of a perspective thing. I don't know, but yeah, she definitely gets cuter by the end of the movie. Yeah. So good job. By Although her, she's though. a horrible bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the represent the female representations in this movie are not great. No, but neither is the male. Yeah, everybody is. <laughs> yeah, uh, aside from Paul, who's an idiot. Right. Everybody's kind of a terrible person, selfish, manipulative, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I like it. It's kind of one of those lost treasure movies. It is. That's, yeah. It's got a certain reputation, especially with the kind of success that Alexander Payne would go on to later. Uh, this film was actually nominated for one Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, but, you know, about Schmidt and Sideways and The Descendants would, you know, bring in lots more Oh yeah, uh, Oscar nominations. Unfortunately, he made the film Downsizing this year, which neither of us saw yeah, and looked not terrible. Not really in my plans to see. And did not get great reviews and um, kind of was a big swing and a miss for award season. Hopefully yeah. it, it doesn't mean that he's trending downwards, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. I what, will say... What he comes out with next. I like Nebraska, too. Yeah, Nebraska is good. Uh, love the Descendants. Uh, I will say about downsizing, was super not in on the first trailer, but when they reveal that Kristen Wiig just completely bails on him i was kind of like oh okay <laughs> this seems like something i can get into but it's just like the the more you watch those trailers it just seemed just not good it seemed like and i would go it's a high concept say, movie but like not if you're not in on the concept then which i'm not it it, <laughs> it kind of seemed like you know more in the wheelhouse of like a twilight zone or something you know what i mean like it doesn't seem like that would be something that Maybe a 22-minute episode of TV. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, as always, follow the show (laughs) on Twitter, at GreatestPod. Keep your uh, feedback coming. We love to hear it. Please. Yeah, we're trying to get everyone uh, back into the show. If we've offended you by the listener request. If your listener request is garbage then you should expect a garbage episode how about that yeah <laughs> well what's the excuse for this one
Well, we already knew that our picks were Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a given. So welcome aboard, everyone else. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't seen it, you should check out Election. Yeah, we're, we're just moving on towards episode 100, and we're real excited about it. Hopefully, yeah. the listeners are too. Can't you tell? And if they're not, then... Well, that's a shame, but yep. we're excited either way. Um, I guess that'll do it for election. We'll see you next time. She could really be the one this time But I never got the chance to make a mind Because she fell in love with little thin white lines London girl with an attitude We never told no one but we look so cute Both got way better things to do But I always think about it when I'm by you I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe That I'm in too deep Jealousy, 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 jealousy Get the best in me Look, I don't mean to frustrate But I always make the same mistakes Yeah, always make the same mistakes Cause I'm bad For trying, you know I'd be lying, saying you're the one that could finally fix me. Looking at my history, I'm bad. You're afraid I'm gonna walk away It's time to feel in face You know I'm bad in love But you can't blame me for trying You know I'd be lying Saying you're the one That could finally fix me Looking at my history I'm bad I know that one of us had their own personal stylist, and one of us shoplifts their shit from Fashion Bug. That's what I know.